Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. It's always a podcast. What antiques are we talking about this week? I'm gonna blow the doors wide open on a common misconception. We want to talk about Sailor's Valentines. Dee, are you about to tell me that Sailor's Valentines are a big fraud? Well, it depends. I don't want to say fraud, because they're not frauds. But the story surrounding them is. Do you tell. What do you know about Sailor's Valentines? A Sailor's Valentine is a shadow box full of seashells approximating, 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 approximating a design, some kind of mosaic, some sort of pattern, supposedly made by a sailor for his loved one ashore. Now, when you look at these admittedly beautiful arrangements, don't you ever wonder, huh, how did all these sailors have the exact same shape box? No? I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got an investigative mind. I thought it might have occurred to you, but I I guess you were... (laughs) It's a pretty simple shape of box to make. Like, it's not hard. Now, how would you describe the shape of these boxes, Dee? Octagonal. Most frequently hinged to be double-sided. And, again... I don't know that that's necessarily difficult to make if you live in a time and place where having the tools to do such a job and the know-how to do such a job is not quite so uncommon, such as perhaps a wooden vessel in the 19th century. Yes, but I happen to know that sailors are a lot more creative than to think like a hive mind and all make them the exact same shape. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Like, why... Like, the Egyptian pyramids and the South American pyramids are all pyramid-shaped because that's a very easy way to stack rocks, and it works, so why would you change it? Yeah, except flawed analogy, both those pyramids are different shapes. They are both four-side, start big, and small at top. And this is enough to convince people that aliens are real and not just that physics works in a certain way, regardless of where on the planet you are. Yes, but their aesthetics were different because the Mesoamerican ones have steps. Yeah, but they're still pyramid shaped. Like the aesthetics within each individual Sailor's Valentine are marginally different, but the basic shape is the same because why not? I don't know how you could say if it's not broke, don't fix it when none of the shapes are broken. Exactly. They're not broken, so why would you change it? If it works, why would you do something different? Also, if you were a sailor uh-huh. of the crafts that you could take up, uh-huh. wh- uh, you're in a boat. Right. Would one of the crafts you take up be millions of tiny things that can fall out? Well, you glue them in place. Oh, okay. As someone who has done collage work, they are very loose until you get to do that. Yeah, that's why you have like a different box to hold your shells while you're putting them into the pretty box. And then the ship goes sideways and, and whoops. Well, and then you have a way to kill the next 14 hours of literally nothing happening on this boat by picking up all of these shells. Yeah, or you could carve something you have to make your own fun of cd all right well (laughs) pedantics aside well yes it was possible it did make a lot of people say hmm I wonder why. Because they'd clearly never been on a boat. I'm familiar- Ken, I grew up in New Bedford. I'm familiar <laughs> with what crafts the, the sailors did do. And I've met sailors, and I know that one of the things they don't do on the boats in modern times is, for example, a jigsaw puzzle. For very similar reasons. Well, no, in modern times, they're actually doing shit on the boat. They're fishing. <laughs> wow. Okay, but so you do think the old-timey sailors are lazy. No, it's not that they're lazy. It's that they're literally just on a wooden ship waiting for months to pass so the ship goes from one shore to another. Like, if you're on a merchant vessel, there's not a whole lot to do other than wait for the wind to take you where you need to go. Whereas on a modern vessel, it's self-propelled, so it's going as fast as you're making it go, so you're either minding the engine or you are on a fishing vessel and you're actively fishing. Or gutting the fish, or cleaning the fish, or storing the fish, or sleeping, or playing on your iPhone because you have one of those now so you don't need to make a Sailor's Valentine. Why would you have your iPhone out when it's wet? You wouldn't. Check a point. You go in your fucking bunk! 
Where do you think they're making sa- Oh my god. Modern sailors paint. Uh, this is rude to the modern sailors. <laughs> I know many an artist who paints on the boat. They have downtime. I would also argue they are not visiting as many exotic locales to collect as many variety of shell. They're not accidentally landing on the Galapagos Islands and needing to hunt tortoises for sustenance. Because God knows one of the things I know about my, my milk town is that there aren't any seashells on it. There really aren't. It's, if you're coming to New Bedford looking your shells, you're going to have a miserable time. Eat my ass. I have been collecting <laughs> shells in this town for ages. I have at least 30 different species. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry to bust your bubble wide open of, of your this fantasy world you live in where sailors do anything. <laughs> but a huge bulk of 19th century sailors' valentines are from Barbados. A place where sailors never went. They didn't make the things there. <laughs> Enter February 1961. An article in the magazine Antiques. Yes, that magazine Antiques, although I... <laughs> Hilariously enough, I saw it cited as three different antique magazines. Interesting. No shade, but naming your publication The Magazine Antiques was bad SEO. In their defense, SEO didn't exist yet. (laughs) Yeah, this was the 60s. (laughs) Judith Coolidge Hughes published an article in the Magazine Antiques. In the article, Hughes discovered a woman who was restoring an antique sailor's valentine in Cape Cod. The backing piece of the sailor's valentine had clippings from the newspaper The Barbadian from Barbados. That clipping mentioned the fancy work items for sale at Belgrave's Curiosity Shop in Bridgetown, Barbados. Further research by Hughes included the discovery that the shells were all specifically native to Barbados, including keyhole limpets, janthinas, and King Venus clams. Now, Dee, did you start researching this because you enjoy antiques and nautical antiques specifically, or because you really like mollusks? The latter. I just thought that it was interesting that, like, while, you know, we've been watching Our Flag Means Death, I do live, uh, you know, in a place where it's interesting. We live in a very nautical historical town, yes! And I just, yeah. I just, I love how much you love shrimp, that's all. I love a shrimp. And I love that your love of shrimp has led you back again into the warm and loving arms of antiques. <laughs> It's all coming together. But yeah, in a world with hundreds of thousands of shells, why would sailors pick specifically the 35 that could be found around Barbados and the neighboring islands? Because that's where their ships stopped for an extensive length of time. So they had the time to wander the beach and pick up enough shells to fill a sailor's valentine all in one spot. Partially true. And furthermore, the wood frames were always made with Spanish cedar and mahogany. Trees, curiously present, on Barbados. Which, again, is a place the sailors were at for an extended period of time. What's more, a claim in a book, The Natural History of Barbados, English missionary Reverend Griffith Hughes wrote about women on Barbados creating beautiful, extensive designs from seashells. So that, I would say, is the more conclusive evidence, and less circumstantial. The most conclusive evidence is that the backing of the Sailor's Valentine had an ad from a Barbados newspaper that told you where to buy the Sailor's Valentines. You didn't say they were selling Sailor's Valentines, you were just saying they were selling handwork curiosities. Well, that's the reveal. See, before you reveal the reveal, I don't know the reveal. The fancies and curiosities were sailors' valentines. And what we do know very well is that there is an Englishman by the name of B.H. Belgrave who operated the curiosity shop on McGregor Street in Barbados. He was labeled a dealer in marine specialties and native manufacturer in fancy work. And what he did is he hired out women crafters to make these en masse for sale to sailors. (laughs) 
so they could take it home to their girlfriends and be like, look, honey, I was thinking of you the whole time and my bunkmate was barely there and I certainly didn't ever look him in the eye. And I did, absolutely, absolutely. Every moment of my downtime was spent thinking of you while making this valentine for you. I don't even remember his name or the color of his eyes. Don't ask me why the valentine says, for my love, Jeffrey. (laughs) (laughs) That's my new pet name for you, honey, aren't you excited? Uh, Further sort of hammering this home is the existence of sailors' valentines that do say, instead of remember me and home again, they do just say gift from Barbados. (laughs) So that was one of the giveaways. That's how you can tell (laughs) I made this in Barbados when I wasn't thinking of Jeffrey, sweetie. I mean, Jeffrey. (laughs) I found the existence of a sailors' valentines that when you looked at them said present from Barbados within five research articles that no one thought to mention while they were talking about the minutia of the wood at seashells. Listen! (laughs) Which I think is hysterical, and I was trying to replicate that feeling for you all today. (laughs) Perhaps these were made in Barbados, I don't know for sure. Spanish cedar is on Barbados, (laughs) and more and more- And also, so are these tags that say made in Barbados on them. (laughs) And and also some of them say, "Happy happy greetings from Barbados, where I made this. A woman from Barbados and not your husband. (laughs) So I was shocked. While, Ken is correct, sailors almost certainly engaged in shell craft. But the quintessential framed box is almost certainly purchased somewhere else. Such as Barbados? Such as Barbados. (laughs) In the 1860s when these started taking off, there were occasionally places you could buy them in London. Oh, as imports from? Yeah, the Victorians alongside ferns got really obsessed with shell work. They sure did. That's why the film Ammonite exists. Yeah, it was called Conchylomania. Love it. So it's also possible that they come from London or were just crafts made by people. But the chances that it was a sailor are waning, absolutely waning. And without provenance, I am not going to believe you. Now, as provenance, would you accept perhaps a paper tag that says made in Barbados on it? That is my favorite kind of provenance. (laughs) Well, I have to include this caveat because we do actually have some historical evidence of sea captains doing shellcraft. Because they've got that whole fucking cabin to themselves. and They certainly can't invite any of the men in to join them. And Jeffrey cannot join him. Yeah, an 1867 issue of the New Bedford Mercury printed an article announcing Captain Leonard Bronson of New Bedford to win a $1.50 prize at the Bristol County Agricultural Society Fair and Cattle Show, a fair which continues to this day and is best known for stabbings, for his work with shell work and corrals. You say best known for stabbings if that doesn't cover multiple different festivals in New Bedford. Well, that one's not in New Bedford, so that's why I think... I like to take the heat off a little bit by pointing out that other places in Bristol County stab. So there's no proof that it was a Sailor's Valentine specifically, but we do know Captain Leonard Bronson was quite adept at shell crafting. And Nantucket whaling Captain Jared Wentworth Tracy, at some point, (laughs) I could not find dates for this, returned from a voyage with a shell valentine for his wife, Mary Hussey Tracy. An unfortunate middle name to have. Indeed, yes. The shell mosaic is in the Nantucket Historical Association's collection, and it is well understood that Jared himself made the valentine. Because he cunningly tore off the label that said made in Barbados (laughs) and threw it overboard. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not meaning to rob you all of the romantic concept that sailors A, loved their wives, and B, were capable of crafting. Just that this specific octagonal arrangement of the craft was most like much more similar to an airport souvenir. Yay! And I think the history of the work that the Barbadian natives did should be recognized and celebrated. Yeah. 
unlike your husband's love for Jeffrey, which will be shoved down, down, down into a deep, dark hole in his heart that he will never look into again. And you might catch him crying at night, and when you ask what's wrong, he'll just say, oh, I miss the sea. The sea. The sea itself. That big, briny deep. Just the sea. Just the sea. If you've heard this and it hasn't changed your mind and you want to collect Sailor's Valentines, good fucking luck! Oh, is this one of those things where, much like the originals, there are still tourist trinkets being made today in the same fashion? Absolutely, yes. And not only that, it has taken off as a sort of home craft for American and Europeans. It is actually easier to find information on where to attain a Sailor's Valentine crafting kit than any <laughs> any information on how to differentiate the two. Oops. My go-tos, it would be to just look at the shells. Frequently, the kit shells are dyed for with more vibrant colors. Oh. You will see lots of repeats of species that you will not see in a genuine, like, antique Sailor's Valentine. Kind of, you know, a very easy species to harvest. Such as? No Barbadian king clams. Such as scallops. Jingle shells. I, I don't actually keep don't actually know the scientific name for jingle shell. Why would you when you can call it jingle shells? If you have jingle shells available to you as an option, why would you ever learn anything else? Well, that's the thing is, I think I think if I say jingle shells, people will know what I'm talking about more than if I use the actual name, which I don't know. Let me be clear. Is it a very pearlescent, almost translucent creature? Yes, thank you. Then I believe it is Anomia simplex, the common jingle shell. Okay, all right. The world looked upon me and smiled because the Smithsonian calls them jingle shells. <laughs> so, ha ha ha. Yeah, jingle shells are super easy to find on most shores because they're beautiful. They are opalescent. They are pearlescent, more like they are translucent. They are gorgeous shades of orange and yellow. It's a very, very popular crafting shell. You're also looking at nerite shells, sometimes freshwater nerites, if you know the difference, and that's kind of a giveaway. Nerite shells are the ones with the very tight spirals and little U-shaped openings. Cockle shells, which are like less fancy scallops, murexes and whelks of all, like the tiny murexes and whelks, which are your standard um, put up to your ear and listen to the ocean shells. Like a conch? Well, no, a conch is different. Because I would say a conch is the standard put up to your ear and hear the ocean. Yeah, that's probably true. We don't have conchs here, so we always use murexes. Oh, discount conchs. <laughs> murexes and whelks, those are our, those are our things. So what you're looking at there are non-tropical marine shells, because those are more plentiful and easier to harvest. I see. So if we see a lot of non-tropical shells, it is probably of a more recent vintage than a genuine sailor's valentine not made by a sailor, but in fact made by a woman in Barbados. Yeah. If you type in crafting shells, there are some big ones that come up, and after a while they're pretty easy to recognize. An actual sailor's valentine should have either Barbadian shells or just a larger variety of tropical shells. Even if a sailor did make it, he wasn't going home and picking up jingle shells and going, she'll love this, because he wasn't home yet. <laughs> if you can, you take it out of the case and you can examine the backing. If it says made in Barbados. <laughs> it says made in Barbados, you're good to go. <laughs> well, these days people use acid-free backing board, where this should actually be like cardboard with cotton over it, sort of more like a mounted insect. Aha. Checking the glue, the glue that is holding them is good. It should be yellowed. They did not have stable plastic glues, so they were using a variety of mucilages, which yellow and are just sort of less strong. My favorite thing is look for strings of hot glue. Literally impossible to keep hot glue out of it, and that's how most people are doing this now. <laughs> you can also just, if you're a super turbo nerd like me, look at the wood. 
the frames are actually pretty high quality that you can get, but they are not, say, mahogany and Spanish cedar. Typically, bird's eye maple, I kind of saw across the board. Just stained bird's eye maple. That's for turbo nerds, so that may work better or worse for you. I like to think we have a large subset of turbo nerds interested in our specifically antiques-themed podcast. Yeah. But yeah, if you are allowed to touch it, you poke around. Synthetic adhesives are always like hard and plasticky, so they're pretty easy to spot. They also haven't yellowed because they are not organic. And price. Just be very mindful of the price. If it seems absurdly high or absurdly low, those are both red flags. If it's absurdly high, you best have some sort of provenance to back that up. And if it's absurdly low, well, that's the too-good-to-be-true rule in effect. Now, what counts as absurdly high and absurdly low? Well, in the 90s, there was a resurgence of interest in these, and where you used to be able to find them for anywhere from three to $600, which is still pretty high, they're now in the thousands if you can guarantee that they are antique. Damn! Interesting imagery, perhaps something that has a provenance of actually having been made by a sailor, can easily reach up to $18,000, $20,000. Jesus, fuck! It's, um, Yeah. Again, the more unusual arrangements, so any motif other than a heart or a compass rose, things like anchors, a beautiful single detailed flower, vases of flowers, anything not nautical is considered pretty unusual. Valentines that actually have a tintype of the sailor in question can be quite valuable due to their unusual nature. Condition is super important. Most of the shells should be present and the box should be damage free. Although an amount of damage is to be expected, especially with the looseness of shells, because, like I said, no modern glues. It's not unheard of, at least where I am, for people to occasionally find genuine ones at tag sales, which I knew someone who did that once. (laughs) Very funny. And then never worked again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, antique dealers will work forever, no matter how much money they make off antiques. That's fair. Yeah, she actually just bought it for herself because she thought it was pretty and then brought it to us and we were all like, Jesus Christ, I don't think that's a new one. And given that the new ones at kit price are anywhere from $70 to $100, even a really well-crafted new one is worth something. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Although I don't believe in kits for this kind of thing, but then again, I also have the luxury of living next to a beach. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say that might be a little bit of shell privilege on your part, yeah. (laughs) Older valentines will tend to be octagonal, double-hinged glass pieces. And stylistically, moving into the 1860s to 1880, you would see singles with ivory escutcheons. What is an escutcheon? An escutcheon is a fanciful keyhole. It's the metal that covers the keyhole. Why they had keyholes on a single? I don't know. Because it looked pretty, I imagine. Because it's neat. So yeah, now you know the real truth about Sailor's Valentine's. The cold, hard truth. (laughs) Cold, hard truth. Sources for today include incollect.com, Sailor's Valentine's. TheSailorsValentine.com. Wow! <laughs> Always gotta have one. <laughs> AtlasObscura.com, Sailors Valentines, NantucketSailorsValentines.com, and Nantucket Online, The Lure of the Sea, The Story of the Sailors Valentine. If you couldn't tell, Nantucket, very invested in these. A little bit, yeah. Actually, um, that is where you can go to see some of the beautiful and highly regarded artistic modern creations from a variety of artists who live on Nantucket. Please check out Nantucket Online for more information on that. If you would like to suggest an episode topic or just say hello, you can email us directly at antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. You can post on our Facebook group, Antiques Freaks Friends. You can tag us on Tumblr, antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com. Or you can find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash antiquesfreaks. If you liked listening to different kinds of seashells, feel free to scroll on down to wherever you're listening to this podcast and say, I hate you. I hate you. Why did you call it Jingle Shell? Um, every review, even if it's weird like that, 
is greatly helpful and gets our voices into a variety of listening ears. And if you need more Antiques Freaks in your week, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, where every week we read and review a chapter of the Victorian Penny Dreadful, Varney the Vampire, The Feast of Blood, which has more nautical content than you would expect from a Penny Dreadful ostensibly about a vampire. <laughs> We're over a hundred chapters in, it's gotten weird. I have learned a lot about nautical living and the British Navy from this book, which is not what I was expecting to get out of it. Special shout out to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right, you. Au revoir. Goodbye.